0: Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santee. I've had a lot of coffee. I'm a little bit chatty. <laughs> and joining me today, finally, yay, I've been trying to get her to do this for a long time, Melinda Marshall. Hi, hi Melinda. Hi. hi. Melinda, um, tell folks who you are and where you are and what you do.
1: Um, Melinda Marshall. I own Mountaintop Family Childcare in upstate New York. We are a family child care in um, Worcester, New York uh my daughter-in-law and her future sister-in-law are both my assistants um and we are in my home um with up to we have 12 to 16 children a day mm-hmm. uh, between six weeks and 12 uh, years old mixed family childcare, mm-hmm. play-based mostly outside in nature and uh doing our family child care thing yeah
0: i know i was gonna say um i know you guys are outside a lot and i love it um and you're uh, so i'm just gonna i'm gonna fangirl you for a minute <laughs> <laughs> say i love that we connected on facebook i love watching um the way your program runs kind of and the photos you 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 share and just you're even like, I don't know if this is going to embarrass you, but sometimes you just do like a, here's here's why it is and here's what's happening and screw you if you don't want to come here Posts <laughs> Like if someone has some, said something critical, you're just so open and you're like, this is my philosophy and this is um, what I believe the children deserve. So this is what they're going to get here. And if you don't like it, there are other places that will give you what you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It took me a long time to get there. Yeah. Um, but, but that's where I'm at. So Uh yeah, Yeah. we're, um, you know, I think honesty goes a long way with with my parents. So they see, you know, what they see is what they're going to get Yeah. when it comes to mess and curriculum and, and, and me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really, um, uh, I think it's brave and, um, it's something I struggled with when I was like a center director, um, because it was hard for me to say, "Oh, you're probably not going to like it here." Then, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> when they would ask questions, or anyway, so so thank you for all of that, Melinda, and all you do for the kids, um, and the chickens. Yeah, all she got. Yeah. Um. Okay. So so Melinda and I are going to talk about a quote that comes from Tamar Jacobson's book. Don't get so upset. Help young children manage their feelings by understanding your own. Um, Melinda, we've both talked. Uh through facebook or you know through messages over the years about our our relationships with our mothers and how that has kind of impacted the way that we um the the childhoods that we try to to provide for the children we work for and uh and the difficulties that that brings um so i i'm i'm guessing that's kind of where the conversation's going to go but let me read the quote. So Tamar says, um, many of us are wounded children and we're put in the impossible situation of being hurt or humiliated by the very people we loved and depended upon for survival. When we were children, we felt fear, confusion, shame, exclusion, guilt, anger, sadness, (laughs) disappointment, jealousy, frustration, exuberance, or joy about all sorts of situations, events, and interactions to make matters more complicated significant adults in our lives repeatedly told us how we should feel about what's ha- what what is happening and then down to, uh, I'm going to skip a couple and it says we'll end with as teachers of young children we have a responsibility to understand our feelings only then will we be able to validate children's feelings um so I call it the mother wound and sometimes I am I, you know I'll just laugh or joke but it's real right it's it's something that um, just what Tamar said, there, there was someone we were dependent on and, um, uh, we deserved a different kind of relationship than what, what we experienced, but for both of us, it's really strengthened our conviction. I, it seems like that we, we're not going to continue that cycle. We're going to, even with our own children, of course, but with every children, every child we encounter, We want to make sure they have something better. Is that fair to say?
1: Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I read a quote. I'm not sure who the author of the quote is a long time ago. um, Be who you needed when you were younger. Yes, I love that one. Yeah, I think that's a lot of, you know, the basis of my program.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, can can you talk about, will you talk about what that looks like day to day? Like, is it just something that you thought about? a while or is it like in your mind all day as you go through
1: with, with um, your children? I think it's on my mind all day long.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's something that's evolved over time. I think when I first started, um, even as a mom, if I'm honest, it yeah. wasn't um, something that came right away. It wasn't like, oh, I'm a mom now. I'm going to break these, you know, generational <laughs> traumas and curses. It took some time uh-huh. to uh be a better mother. Um yeah. you know, over time it evolved.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh I've made mistakes as a mom. Oh sure. And, you know me too. I mean oh sure, I know you have. <laughs> no, I mean me too. <laughs> right. And uh, you know, and it's taken time even as a childcare provider to evolve, to get to a place where um and the emotional well-being of of our program as a whole has become the basis of of what we do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely on my mind all day long. And uh, you know, children's emotional needs are the the bottom of that of that pyramid. Uh-huh. You know, right? Um,
0: yeah. We it's well, it's you know, I've heard people say if you don't feel safe, you can't learn, right. and um, you know, things like that. But the bottom line is, for me, at this point, where I am now children are fully full, fully human, deserving of the same kinds of things, um, same kinds of respect and um acknowledgement uh, that we, you know, expect for ourselves in in interactions. And so, yeah, it's it's um, you know, the case can be made that you should pay attention to children's emotions because you want them to learn something. Um if that's, you know, your goal is the learning, the emotions still come in. Right. But, but my goal at this point is human the humanity, <laughs> you know, and the way the way that the children that I um interact with experience being human and um and then therefore the way I experience being human. Right. And, and that sort of guides I, I'm I I when I first started, I started working with children when I was 19. Um just because children fed my, my needs. Like I was good with, with children. They liked me. They, you know, they would hug me and, and, and that was what I was getting from it. I was, it was still that mother wound. I feel like, um, I was looking for validation and acceptance and, um, safety, emotional safety. And I got that from being with, with children. And then, yeah, as I got to be an older woman and and you know I was a mom and and working a little bit longer with the children and um and I I can see now you know Lisa Murphy says broken people the track the field attracts broken people and I definitely think that was for me but um so I don't know if you kind of went through a similar
1: or if your your early days were different yeah, I think so. It's that's quite similar. I was, you know, I be I became the the neighborhood babysitter at like 12, 13 yeah. years old. Yeah. And, you know, all the neighborhood kids loved me and I was the fun, you know, teenage babysitter. And and I did get a lot of validation during those troubled teenage years from that. Mm-hmm. And um and then I became a nanny and worked at a daycare center for a while. And again, you know, I really enjoyed working with the kids and I became a family childcare provider um, 22 years ago now. And, and uh, yeah, as I evolved, I became, you know, it took a long time to, I went from, you know, the the typical teacher directed, you know, curriculum, all that sort of thing was important into the play-based, more laid back, child-centered, and as that evolved, uh, the emotional um, aspect of meeting children's emotional needs also evolved. I think with that, mm-hmm. sort of at the same time, uh, coincidentally. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely kind of the same path. Yeah, it's definitely evolved over time. Yeah. As 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 I've evolved and as I've worked right. through my own issues, mm-hmm. I it's it's kind of been a parallel path between my healing and and understanding children's emotional development yeah yeah
0: so. yeah i mean i still spend time with children because i'm getting something out of it it's, right. not, <laughs> it's like um it's still just you know fun for me and it, they're the, the people i'd rather hang out with most days <laughs> but um uh yeah so, you know we've you you get i was gonna say you get older and do better um, right. or you know better, you do better, you better. Right. Uh, maybe is is safer. But I also, who was it that has started saying something? Suzanne Axelson now says, when you know better, you do different. Um, and there's just a little bit of a tweak in that for me. Um, but I think that's really true. And it's so it's okay. I guess what I'm saying to people listening right now is it's okay to not have been as aware your whole career with children, you know, uh, as as you are now, but it's hard to work with children and their feelings when you have not been able to. And I think this is kind of the point of tomorrow's book when you've not been able to express your own feelings or feel your own feelings for so much of the time when you're really forming things for yourself, you know, in, in early childhood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I see that with, I'm older than my assistants now. So um, that's a lot of the conversation we'll have during the day is mm-hmm. you know, I'll see, and I still have triggers, you know, sure. I'll, we'll, we'll talk a lot about, you know, I'll, I'll joke and I'll say, okay, the human side of me feels this. <laughs> and now the experienced ECE side of me <laughs> knows this. Oh, that's and we'll, great. And I'll talk very openly with them about what the difference is, you yeah. know, and in, in, in things like that. So that's you know, great
0: uh okay, do you have an example of that like what
1: what would um, that be you know it's the typical when when children have meltdowns over things uh, the human side of me yeah. thinks it's ridiculous right yeah okay you know? and but I know that it's very real to them it's mm-hmm. very real to them that the shoe doesn't feel right or that yes. you know the crayon is not the right color green or mm-hmm you know it's very real to a 3 year old or a 4 year old something yeah. like that but to me it's ridiculous just use a different crayon or you know <laughs> yes. to me because you know growing up it was you know you're lucky you had a crayon was right. the response i would get you
0: know right sort of. yeah
1: so, so
0: <laughs> okay yeah the human side that's the human. <laughs> that's such a great way of looking at things and i'm so impressed that um that that's how you're then you know supporting your, your assistants now, and they can then support children in that way. Um, what I, what I sort of struggle with sometimes, cause I know, you know, we, we read things that say, and this is a newer struggle for me. Um, you know, we just, part of what we do to support children's emotional development is to name their feelings, you know, give them a name and acknowledge you know, first acknowledge that they're feeling something and then try and give it a name. But I feel like now that's really presumptuous of me (laughs) to to think I can, um, know, you know, and, and I learned this from a four-year-old who was under the table crying. He didn't want to get out and go to, um, his speech therapy session. He won't, he, and, and, in hindsight, I would have been yeah okay fine stand with the table and you don't have to go today. But I right. thought oh I'm gonna be um I'm gonna be a great teacher in this moment and I'm gonna name his emotions for him. <laughs> and uh, so I was like oh I, it seems like you're really mad and he, he just like it blew another gasket for him. He was like I am not mad I'm upset and frustrated. <laughs> he just was so mad at me for getting it wrong. <laughs> so I know that that you know may have been you know just me and Michael in that moment but it did make me stop and think okay I, I can say things like I see I see tears or I you know I can hear your loud voice it seems like you're mad instead of saying oh you're mad and sort of adding to it do you know what I mean did that make any sense it felt yeah like
1: absolutely yeah.
0: Um, yeah. so we can learn from the the children in those moments too if we reflect about it a little bit but yeah so beyond um uh I feel like I'm doing more interview and (laughs) so I'm sorry if this but I'm just interested in hearing you specifically talk about some things so beyond um saying oh it seems like you're mad or you know it's okay to to feel that way those kinds of things when you talk about supporting children's if or validating children's emotions or or you know, being what we needed when we were younger, what kinds of, like, what kinds of real action does that mean? What, what does that look like in real life and not just two grownups on a zoom screen?
1: (laughs) Well, the big one for me is when I used to worry when parents would show up, they'd hear a lot of crying and, Mm -hmm. and and I used to worry, or I used to try and shush children. And now I tell parents, when you show up, you're going to hear a lot of upset children
0: yeah
1: and if i'm not acknowledging them or holding them or rocking them don't be upset um and don't think i'm ignoring them i i know my children and i have good relationships with them Mm -hmm. and if i'm am not ignoring them some of them don't want that right now so if there's a child off in the corner crying they've asked me to leave them alone Uh uh-huh and I'm allowing them to cry, that's what they want to do. Uh-huh. So if you come in to pick up your child and there's another child out in my living room by themselves crying, that's what they've they've asked to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I know they're there, I know they're crying, I check in with them, you know. Um, so that's been a big one is me allowing noise. Yeah. <laughs> that may be uncomfortable for grown-up years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so that's been a big one.
0: Yeah. I think. Some people talk about social, emotional learning. And to me, that's very much the adult being charge of it all in charge of it all. And I try to think more about just social and emotional development and what. Um, so of course I want to have an understanding child developmentally speaking of how that happens and, and what children need and um, reg- co-regulation and self-regulation and all those things. But um it also means just knowing what you just talked about, knowing the children, right. like it's not enough to know this is what my book says. Um, heaven forbid the that early childhood nerd is, is moving you away from a book. <laughs> it's not just what the book says. It's what this child is telling you. And if, yeah, they're crying on the couch. You can check in and they say not now or go away. You know, that's not a, an insult or disrespect for a child to say, go away. I don't want you right now. Um, you're, you're, you're reading the room, you're reading the child, you're, you're following, um, that relationship that you have. And I think that's so important.
1: Right. Um,
0: when people talk about SEL, it's usually in my mind, a product they're trying to sell me instead of just this child's human emotions (laughs) and my human emotions. Right. What are we figuring out?
1: Right. The other day, the children were all at the table, happened to be doing an activity at the same time. And another child just wanted to lay on their cot and be left alone. And somebody walked in and, you know, and I still catch myself going, we're not ignoring him. He just, (laughs) you know, I would too. Yeah. He he just wanted to be left alone. Yeah. And we check in, you sure you don't want to come over and join us. And he said, no, just leave me alone. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we were doing, you know?
0: Um,
1: So a lot of times it's just knowing your children and know, and knowing, you know, what they need in the moment and, and things like that. So, yeah.
0: Um, oh, I had something and it's gone. I was going to connect it back to tomorrow and it was going to be really smooth. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say, but so but it reminded me of a story. What you were just talking about reminded me of something that happened to me a few years ago um, when I was at the Purdue preschool. And so four days a week, I was with a preschool. And then on Fridays, we were with um, it was like a toddler play group to support their speech and language development anyway, but the parents were there with us that whole time, and then we had graduate students there, and then there was me and there was a speech language pathologist and there was this little girl that I had not connected with um uh she just she didn't need me and so I tried to you know I didn't want to force my you know and earlier in my career, I would have really worked hard to get over that um, but there were other adults in the space that she was connected to it it just wasn't me um and it's happened like three times that i've got a kid that i just can't over 30 years there's like three and it's so hard for me um but anyway her mom had to go in like to an office to talk to the speech language pathologist and the grad student who was working with her um and we knew that would be really hard for the little girl mm-hmm. to not have mom there and um so they were going to do the sneak the whole sneak away thing right where mom would sneak in the office and someone would distract the little girl and uh, I don't, I don't do that. So I, when I, I, so I moved closer to her when I knew they were making their move, you know, and I, I was like, come play with me for a minute. Um, mom went in the office, little girl cried and cried and cried and cried of course. And I wasn't picking her up and trying to hold her. I was staying close to where she was. And, and I'd say, uh, mom will be right back. You know, you know, those, those reassuring things are supposed to say didn't work. And it was becoming, you know, everyone was staring at her. So we went out into the little lobby area and she immediately goes under this, um, like double chair, like you'd have in a doctor's waiting room. She's under there on the floor, face on the floor, crying. Snot everywhere. <laughs> and so I sat on the floor there and that made her cry more. So I just kind of stood. And every now and again, I'd say, I'm still here if you need me and whatever. And, uh, that like, freaked people out that I wasn't dragging her out from under the chair and I it was real when Mar- mom came out and saw me just standing there and little girl all snotty under a, <laughs> her face on the floor. You know it was hard for all the other adults around and I I don't know where I'm going with this except that it's an example for me of uh a time where my own need might have been no, we need to get this under control or I have to look like I'm comforting her or um this poor scared baby needs me whether she knows it or not and I'm going to drag her out and I'm going to hold her And well you know there was a time when I would have probably held her bear hug kind of thing until she calmed down and um uh again I learned a lot in that moment from that four-year-old or at that time she was a two-year-old um that it's not about my needs always. And I think that does tie back to this conversation about understanding our own feelings. Um, that that was hard for me as a, the adult who was a child who couldn't get those needs met. And even as an adult sometimes when I'm really having a hard time, I think I wish I had that kind of mom that I could go to in this moment. Um, so I don't know, whatever that confession, whatever that long story was about. Um, it's you know it's it's there every day for me um there's the human side of me who needed that and wants to give it um and then there's the early childhood side of me who knows uh that that she's not going to get back up to the frontal lobe (laughs) by me dragging her out from under the chair and telling her that she needs to get back to her frontal lobe. Right. Um, she's just in that hijack until um, someone who who she will self or co-regulate with comes along. Um, but there was a lot of my own need. Um, if that had happened earlier in my career, my need would have driven that instead of thinking, okay, no, she's just really um, uh, dysregulated and and I'm not helping, I'm making it worse. Do what you want with that, Melinda.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. Exactly. Because in in, in my house, it was don't, you know, it was don't cry. It was shut down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I will certainly co-regulate with children who need Mm -hmm. to be held, who need to snuggle, who need that cuddle. But I want to make sure that the children who need to cry, who need to scream, who need to punch things that are punchable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. In in the appropriate ways are allowed to do that because I was not. So I I try to make sure that, you know, I know my children well enough that when they need to scream and hoot and holler, they're absolutely allowed to. Um, Yeah. And I want to make certain that my parents who walk in on that understand the importance as to why that's allowed here. yeah Um, It's
0: such an important, you know, we, people talk about family, uh, family engagement or parent education all the time. And it just makes me bristle. Um, But what you're doing is engaging your families in the program and building community, whether it's, and what you're showing is that it's not always easy or pretty to do those things in authentic ways. Um, But it starts with you, right? Having made a decision that this is the kind of place you want to have for childhood. And, uh, and you just want to help other people understand it when they don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that um, that little girl came back for preschool for a year when when they were older, and the mom still like I had difficulty connecting to mom. The little girl still wanted nothing to do with me, um, until we painted feet. Then she was like, "I got I got a little warmth. <laughs> I got a little connection when uh when she was painting her feet. For some reason, that really relaxed her. Um, okay, so. Uh, when you when I sent you that the screenshot of that quote did you have other directions in your mind that you thought we might go or why I told you I was going to ask you why you thought this was a good one for us to to talk about
1: um uh, you know, when I came, when I first came across Tamar in her book, like that was a real eye opening. That was probably the catalyst for yeah. all of this for me. Okay. Uh, was her book. Uh-huh. Uh, when I, when I finally read her book and I was like, wow, yeah, that's it. Like yeah. that's, that's it.
0: Um, yeah. I think I'd always felt like I knew the reason I wanted to do this work was to give some children what I didn't get and, and whether that was healthy in the moment or not, I feel like it's gotten to a healthy place now. Um, and maybe it's age, maybe it's experience, who knows what, what brought me to a different point. But, um, but I, yeah, I read the book and I was like, Oh, this is the instinct. This is the vibe put into words of yeah. of what I've been thinking. So part of it was identifying that I, I have to be aware enough of my own feelings to know when I'm seeking validation or acknowledgement of my own feelings in this interaction with a child, or when it's when I need to kind of shift away from what I need and and try to figure out what they need, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: uh, yeah, it, I it's say- not
0: always, you know, it's not even now. It's not consistent. There's moments where I'm like, "Ooh, that was about my need." <laughs>
1: Right. Because for a long time, I would say, oh, you know, I used to think children needed me, but I need children, you know, just much. And then I think, well, that's, is that self-serving of me to say that? (laughs) So, so, you know, I still work through, is it? you know? Yeah.
0: So, so let's, so, so now I wonder, is that a problem if we realize what we're doing is self-serving? Like, is it okay? Isn't it okay to think about our own? needs sometimes too and when does it become sort of unhealthy or unhelpful
1: yeah I don't know yeah that's deep
0: (laughs) well maybe someone will comment the answer yeah (laughs) when they listen I don't know I mean so, so I guess here's here's where I'll take that a lot of times I get impatient and critical on the show or in conversation with people or when I'm teaching at the college um when we talk about like children need a warm, welcoming environment, safe environment, and that includes the people, the adults in it. And that means you have to be warm and um, uh, authentic about your own emotions, but do it in a way that's not scary, you know, all that kind of thing. And I'll I'll get pushback that, you know, well, teachers are stressed out humans too. Um, so they're going to have bad days. And my argument is always like, well, yeah, but not in a way that, like, of course, you're going to have bad days. But I guess what I'm saying is I expect more from the adult. I expect more sort of self-control, self-regulation, all the things we say we want the children to have um, uh, from someone who's been trying this, in my case, for five decades, as opposed to 48 months (laughs) of life, you know? Um, So... I don't know I'm just gonna throw that out and see if you have any thoughts about adults being real but balancing that with
1: I think it's definitely a balance you know we're definitely the adult we have to take responsibility for our own self-regulation at this point
0: yeah
1: um but I have days where I'm a little off yeah And I'm certainly okay with apologizing to children when that happens.
0: Yeah, that's so important. I'm glad you you said that, yeah.
1: You know, I will say, you know, gosh, you know, I have a headache today and I'm really sorry I was crabby or. Yeah. And the kids will say, boy, Miss Melinda, you need a nap. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or or something like that. Yes. You know. Yeah. You know, I I definitely. have to work at sometimes you know I, you know when i worked alone i i joke with people i'll say when i worked alone i would go in the bathroom and rage whisper swear words into the mirror at myself yes in my shirt it's
0: my so mouth. cathartic yeah yes it is and then walk
1: <laughs> back out into the playroom like everything was fine uh-huh. i am the adult in the room yeah you know now i yeah. can complain to my co-workers <laughs> what out of your shot yeah you know, but we you know, yeah, I think
0: you know, I just think there are some it, there's a difference between having a bad day or having time moments when you get really overwhelmed yourself right.
1: and just not liking what you do
0: and just not liking what you do right. or just not liking children but not being willing to admit that you don't like children. Right. And everything they right. do is annoy annoys you here. So, you're, so right. you're short with them all day, or you're um right. you know, I, I think that's what I'm saying is that there are some folks. Right. And, and maybe they just don't have awareness of that feeling, what they're feeling, or maybe they're not willing to have that honest think through about what's happening. Right. Um, but it's, it's not just teacher stress. It's um, some people just really shouldn't be there. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> And, uh, and that's so hard for the kids who are stuck in those, those places. Right.
1: That's not fair to the children at all.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, and what a miserable way to go through your day to <laughs> like, just, I mean, I get, not everybody's going to have their dream job, but when you are in this this work with children it, and you've chosen to be in this work with children, um, you have some responsibility about your own emotions, I guess is right. where I'm, I'm going to land with that. Right. Um, it's tricky though. I know it's tricky. I don't want anyone to say, think that I'm saying, um, if you ever have a bad day, you're irreparably harming children emotionally. Uh, but like what you described, you're you're you have that trigger, you you know that about yourself, and you have found ways to bring it back, bring it back to your yeah. own frontal lobe.
1: <laughs> For sure, yeah.
0: Hold on, I'm going to look at the quote again and see. <laughs> this is excellent podcast. When I do this, I know this is everybody's favorite part of the episode. Um I don't know i the other thing that I go to when I read anything Tamar reads or writes is um just the the tremendous responsibility that we have now, um uh choosing to work with children um having our own hurts and, um, strong feelings and needs and trying to navigate that all. Um, it's more than just, you know, <clears throat> being a teacher or, or coming in. and I So, so I guess I think, so I wonder sometimes if those, those early childhood teachers who are so dependent on circle time and lesson plans and, and sticking to the schedule, if part of that is the need to have a regulated space a regulated classroom because of their own discomfort with emotion does that do you know what i mean like if, yeah. if that's sort of their safe place to be regimented and 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 we hide behind structure instead yeah. of just being humans together in a space
1: yeah or or need for uh validation maybe yeah you know Yeah,
0: I had one little boy and maybe you've heard this because I use this story a lot. The listeners certainly will be like, oh, here comes a Gus story. (laughs) This little boy, Gus, uh, we were super connected and he um, he was uh, just upset one morning and like got out of the the classroom and started down the hall and I had to get him and bring him back. And we were sitting together and he said, I just don't want to be here. (laughs) And I said, you know what, Gus? I don't either today but here we are (laughs) and and people were shocked that i would like just talk that way um and it wasn't me being sarcastic like yeah i don't want to be here either but it was just yeah i know (laughs) this wasn't your choice to be here i would rather be in bed today too but here we are what can we do together
1: (laughs) yeah yeah for sure um, yeah, I had a little boy one time, the school-agers are allowed to be outside without direct supervision nice. here in New York. So I had a little boy who was outside and he had my patio umbrella and he was beating it into the ground, breaking it, of course. And <laughs> of course, yeah. The human side of me is like <laughs> fumbling, going, <laughs> you know, so like, get ready to stomp out there and go, you know. And of course I take a minute because, you know, in between that action and reaction is that brief pause of uh-huh. how to handle this, you know, uh-huh. so I go out there and I said, <laughs> you know, what are you, what are you doing? You know, so he puts it down we had a conversation about it and uh-huh. he lays down in the grass and he puts his hand over his heart and he's looking up at the sky and he goes, I just love it here. No one ever makes me feel stupid. Or oh like, my oh. God. And I was like, oh, like broke my heart because yes. just in that moment when the human side of me felt triggered because yeah. he was doing something I really could have yelled at him for. Yeah. Um, you know, and I didn't. We talked through it and I said, yeah. you know, don't do that. You're breaking my umbrella, and you know. Yeah. You know, and that story always sticks with me that I could have reacted so differently, you know, and yeah. and he got in trouble a lot at school and you know, mm-hmm. for things like that. So mm-hmm. So that story always sticks with me that instead of making him feel like he was bad or stupid, like he said, those were his words. No right. one ever makes me feel stupid. Right. Um, and that story always sticks with me.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, or you could have just gone out, taken the umbrella and said, I'm going to put this away for a minute and sort of ignored right.
1: just, it all. Right. Right. Um, okay, so I'm just going to put it back on the table here. Let me give you something. Yeah. You can. And I think I ended up giving them sticks and three stumps or something. And yeah. Said, You know, I need some wood split or something, you know, I gave him something else to do.
0: Yeah. But I guess there was sort of an acknowledgement that he needed something from you in that interaction, instead of just like, maybe in my earlier days, I would have been uncomfortable with his big feeling and just taken that away and, and gone on my own, you know, without that connection and, and, and staying a minute to see how he responded and laying on the ground. And, uh, you know, the other thing is that whoever, wherever it was that he felt stupid. I'm sure it wasn't the adult's intention to make him feel stupid. And we need to think about um, when we're, when we're thinking about kind of the emotional climate we set um, and how we try to meet children's needs when they, when they show us, they have those needs. um, It's, it's not what we intended. It's how they feel. Um, It's, it's how they interpret it so if they present to us an idea that we have done something that made them feel sad or angry or lose control we have to be able to let go of our own ego enough to say okay um what 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 did i contribute to this and how can i either help now or or be more careful about this going forward um Or you know, one child you can joke around with; the other one maybe takes it a little personally, or gets scared or hurt. You know, because we're both sarcastic, jokey people. It seems like. (laughs) So when we're being authentic, that will come through for some children, and it doesn't work for all. Right, all children. Yeah. Just keeping that in mind, um, and I sort of think that's where I land always with with Tamar Jacobson's stuff. Is I just have to, I just have to keep in mind my own, um, how my own experience has impacted who I am and, and how, what I need to know about that to inform what I'm doing with children. Right.
1: Um, yeah. Sometimes I'm grateful for what I've been through because I think if I didn't have that experience with yeah. other, um, I wouldn't know what it feels like. Yeah. So I think that that helps in a yeah. weird.
0: Yeah. So that- yeah. It does. I, yeah, I feel the same way. Everything, everything builds to who I am now. And I'm pretty happy with who I am and, right. and what's happening. But um, uh, other than the fact that I can't have like just a regular friendship with anyone who could possibly be of mothering age. to <laughs> me. I mean, because <laughs> I don't want to slip into, will you be my mom
1: now? Yeah. Yeah, I have a little bit of a problem with anybody older than me telling me what to do. So yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 i a little well, bit I, <laughs>
0: that, yeah. age doesn't matter with me for that. I just don't want to.
1: Well, I mean yeah, I to do. <laughs>
0: um, hence my catchphrase, don't boss me. Um say in love and laughter to a lot of people in my life. Um, (laughs) okay. Well, thanks. Um, is there anything else, any, any last thought or anything you wish you'd said that you haven't had a chance to yet?
1: No, I thank you for having me. Oh,
0: I like, I mean, it literally has been forever that I've been like, maybe you should come on the show. Maybe you should come on the show. And then I don't know. You you made some kind of post, maybe that you were going to try and step outside of your comfort zone and do some public speaking. And I was like, I've got her. I've got <laughs> her now. <laughs> so thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. It's been fun to talk to you face to face. And I'm sure everybody will appreciate what you've what you've shared. And if you don't already, you have a Mountaintop Family Childcare Facebook page, right? Yeah. Follow you there. Um, you post wonderful things and teach us all a lot about children and just your genuine commitment to um to childhood and and play always comes through and i appreciate that thank you okay well thanks everybody for listening come back again for another episode of that early childhood and that's the show
1: now go get your nerd on